And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I'm making all things new. This is the line that reorders it all. See, I'm making all things new. The Messianic Christ in his glorious return emerges with a new city in tow, a new Jerusalem where there's no more death or mourning or crying. Why? Because God is making all things new. This is the ultimate reordering. And we've been working our way through this up to this point all summer. As we've argued, this is the natural rhythm to everything. Order, disorder, reorder. It's true in nature, in music, in our own personal faith journeys. Even Scripture follows this arc, and it lands us here at the very end of it all. Time is about to stop. Jesus is returning. And what does Jesus do? He makes all things new. Order. Disorder. Reorder. Revelation 21 is the promise of the fulfillment of time. And it brings the fulfillment of so many Bible passages too. Isaiah 9, 11, 60, 65, 66, Psalm 72, Zechariah 9, Luke 1, 2 Peter 3, they all point to this moment. Revelation 2, 3, and 5 do too. Revelation 21 is the pinnacle moment of return when Jesus rights the wrongs, makes the crooked paths straight. And Scripture has been hinting at this from the very beginning. God, at the end of it all, is going to start something new. I love how verse 3 says this. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home among God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. God is coming to us, redeeming us, reordering all that fell into disorder. Now, the same root word for dwell is also used in the root word for tabernacle. And you see this in the anthem we just sang. You could easily say that God tabernacles with us. I love this phrase. An absolutely beautiful image of the redemptive power that God brings to earth. See, I'm making all things new. This is good news for the world. I mean, it's why we say we have good news. It's why we often use the phrase that love wins. Now, of course, this is apocalyptic literature, which means Revelation 21 hadn't come to pass yet. We haven't reached the end times. It actually hasn't taken place. We just really hope that it does. Revelation is what is to come, not what has come. And that's a really important thing to note. Everything else in the Bible has come, but not this. We're still moving towards those final days. We're still on this side of eternity, which should automatically tell us something. 
there's still more redeeming to be done. Which really reminds me of this 19th century African-American spiritual that it goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. When it looked like the sun won't shine anymore, God put a rainbow in the clouds. The late poet and professor Maya Angelou reflected on this in an interview with Oprah like six years ago. When I heard it, it grabbed me. Especially that first line, when it looked like the sun won't shine anymore. That's disorder. That's what we've been feeling for the last 16 months. That's what we've been feeling through our depression and sadness and pain and grief. When it looked like the sun won't shine anymore. We have felt the darkness of the clouds rolling in. We've all entered into that disorder over and over again. And that's the thing about this natural rhythm to things. It's not like we enter into disorder when we're 16 years old and then we get out of it when we get to college and then we never enter into it again. We find ourselves moving in and out of these spaces all the time. We are disordered over and over again. And I know you can relate. You know what it's like to feel under pressure, undervalued, or under stress. You have felt the darkness of disenchantment, or the thunder of a thoughtless person, or the lightning of a losing record. You've been smothered by clouds maybe your whole life. Clouds of panic, or depression, or fear. Clouds of anxiety, or failed dreams, or feeling like you don't have enough friends or a community to support you or you don't wake up with a lot of hope. And the more we look at the clouds, it just gets darker when we see them. If you've ever had a boss micromanage you, you know the darkness of clouds. If you've ever had a relationship fall apart despite your best effort, you know the darkness of clouds. If you have ever felt belittled, interrupted, patronized, you know the darkness of clouds. If you have ever had to bury a parent or a child or lost a job or been diagnosed with a chronic disease, you know the darkness of clouds. And you're not alone in feeling that way. Every human in this room, every human in this city, every human in this state, in country, and world knows what this feels like. And so do the people in the book of Revelation. You know, the book was actually written to seven churches throughout Asia Minor. And all of them are struggling with the darkness of the cloud of Rome. This is why Revelation was written. As the story goes, John's taken to the island of Patmos and he's given a vision by an angel. A vision that's full of clouds. Thunderous, scary, dark, gross, broken clouds that are reminding John over and again of the pain of life and the frailty of the human condition. The book of Revelation is all about clouds. I mean, the threat of the Italian brigade is personified with dragons and Satan and the Roman authorities are bearing down on a small defenseless country we know as Israel. And we feel the weight of this with language like the four horsemen riding to destroy. Revelation is a book about one dark cloud happening over Israel after another. And you get this imagery 
even in Revelation 21. It opens by reminding us all that soon the old heaven and the old earth won't be covered by clouds. I mean, this language screams, we've got clouds, but they're going away. I used to know a guy who was haunted by depression. It really is debilitating. Some days were better than others, but for the majority of his time that I knew him, he suffered from depression. He never gave himself enough credit. He always felt like something was hovering over him. He would even use words like cloudy or dark to describe how he was feeling. You may do the same. You may not be depressed, but you know the storms that life brings and mental illness can cause. The darkness and delusion that comes with bad relationships or bad working environments or a family that gave too little too late. And if it, this is you, I'm sorry it's so dark, but there is good news. God's promise is that God is going to make it bright. God is going to make all things new. There is always reorder out of the disorder. There are rainbows in the clouds. These rainbows roll in on the winds of grace, pouring down out of the throne of God when the voice of the Lord says, I'm not going to stay distant. My new home is going to be among my people. I'm going to make all things new. I mean, revelation in and of itself is a rainbow in all of our clouds because out of the darkness comes the voice of God reminding the world that the old ways of life, they're going to die. The old ways that hurt and oppressed and dominated, they're going to wash away. All things will be made new. The disorder gets reordered. There is so much hope in this. For out of the clouds is a rainbow reminding us that God's blessings are for you. God's blessings are being made new. God's blessings can heal your pain or silence your doubt and redeem your sins. God's blessings are the rainbows in our clouds. I know I should stop the sermon here. That was good. That made the point. I should walk away. But I need to make one more lap at this order, disorder, reorder. And the late Maya Angelou gives me the energy to do it. In that same interview as Oprah, which I'll share it with you. You can find it on YouTube. She goes on to say this. When I go on stage, I bring everyone that's ever been kind to me on stage with me. I say, come with me. I'm going on stage. I need you now. I never feel like I have no help. I have rainbows in my clouds. And the thing to do is, as it seems to me, is to prepare yourself to be a rainbow in someone else's cloud. They may not be like you. They may not eat the same food as you or dance your dances. They may not call God the same name as you. But you can be a blessing. That's what I think. And that's the interview. 
To be reordered isn't just about being blessed by God. It's also becoming a blessing to others. Part of God's good future is that we play a role in bringing the reorder to one another. We have to be rainbows in others' clouds. We have to partner with God in the reordering. I see no other way to read scripture than this. This great epic, this great truth-telling scripture and adventure that we have in the Bible moves all of us to an awareness that God is going to redeem all of this. And we're supposed to do our best to help order, disorder, reorder.